You're not a Nazi, Jojo. You're a 10 year old kid who likes dressing up in a funny uniform and wants to be part of the greatest movie of all time. Today on the show, Jojo Rabbit. The greatest movie podcast is the greatest movie podcast is the greatest movie podcast is the greatest movie. Come on and hear me now. Greatest movie podcast is the greatest movie podcast is the greatest movie podcast is the greatest movie. Come on and hear me now. Welcome to the greatest movie of all time podcast, the show in which I, your co-host, the Samoan submission machine, Rick Barrasso. And I, your co-host, the big rabbit Boski, Rick. We're going to watch every single movie ever made, and we're going to help figure out which is the greatest of them all. How are you doing today, Derek? I'm doing precisely excellent. Not generally excellent. No, just precisely. Precisely. Well, I'm glad to hear it, uh, because today is a Rex pick. So I'm glad you're feeling excellent about it. Uh, And of course, you've decided Jojo Rabbit. It's the first week of June. We knock out uh, our two two unrestricted Rex picks, then followed by two unrestricted Rick's picks. So let's uh, let's get into it. But let's, uh, before we do, let's take care of some business. Last week, we had an episode on... The Empire Strikes Back. And it struck me as a fun one. So check that one out or any of our library. We're on Spotify. We're an Apple podcast. Whatever app you use, subscribe, review if you can. It is extremely helpful for the show. And if you enjoyed that one or if you have anything else you want us to cover, let us know on social media. We're the greatest movie of all time podcast on Facebook. We're at Great Movie Cast on Twitter. We're at Rick and Rec on Instagram. And you can always shoot us an email at greatestmoviepod at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. And as our old, dear friend who let us live in his attic for a while, Bruce Wayne would say, tell your friends about us. But now let's get to Jojo Rabbit. Jojo Rabbit is a 2019 film directed by Taika Waititi. Stars Roman Griffin Davis as Jojo, Thomas and McKenzie as Elsa, Scarlett Johansson as Rosie, and Taika Waititi himself as Adolf Hitler, uh, imaginary Adolf Hitler. It made $90.3 million on a $14 million budget. It's got a 7.9 on it on IMDb, an 80% on Rotten Tomatoes, and a 58% on Metacritic. Uh, Ebert says, I am dead, so I did not review this movie. Good riddance. Uh, he also says, my ghost is coming back to haunt Derek Smith. He doesn't know me. He does now. Shit. The ghost of Ebert is coming for you. And Siskel, both of them. Nah, I got no problem with Siskel. But you're coming after his boy. He's coming for maybe you, just Ro- ghost. Maybe, maybe, maybe Roper just comes and, and beats me up. <laughs> Roper, possessed by the ghost of Ebert, <laughs> to take physical form, is coming for you. He has to take some sort of physical form. He turns into the fucking spider from it. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, Leonard Malton says, Jojo Rabbit covers the expanse of emotions one would expect to find in a dramatic film about Germany in the waning days of World War II. It's a dazzling achievement from a supremely talented artist who wrote, directed, and co-stars in the film. Uh, Ella Kemp from Sight and Sound says, No one is here to educate on or avenge for the horrors of the past. It's too silly for that. But it's crystal clear that Waititi is laughing on the right side of history. For a negative one, Joe Morgenstern, who I think we used one time in the last couple of weeks for a negative one. He's a little, maybe a little controversial here. Uh, in the Wall Street Journal, he says... The film doesn't lack for audacity or ultimate purpose. It's against hate and and in favor of love. But the adaptation isn't funny enough to sustain the style, which owes an overt debt to Mel Brooks and amounts to springtime for Hitler youth. Okay. So, Derek, when did you first see this one? 
Uh, it was kind of recent, actually, because I remember texting you about it. I remember I asked you that night, I'm like, did you see this movie? You said no. Um, so yeah, within the last year, um, I just heard about it. I remember seeing trailers for it, and I just sat down one night with Gia. We watched it, and that was the first time I had seen it. So this um, yesterday was the second time I've seen the movie. So yeah, very very um, current for me. Yeah, this was this was the first time I've actually watched it, which is surprising. It's just one of the ones that sort of fell through the cracks for me because I I, I I love Taika, um, and it seems I mean it seems like this would be something that would be right up my alley. Uh, so I'm surprised I didn't see it, but we'll, uh, we'll talk about our, our thoughts more in depth here. Uh, but let's talk about what it is about uh, before we get into what we liked and disliked about it. Uh, Derek, do you have a song we're playing or just putting 30 seconds on the clock? Yeah, let's do uh, let's do the German version of heroes by David Bowie. All, All right, right, here we go. Down. Three, two, one, go. Jojo Belter is a young superfan of Adolf Hitler during the last months of World War II. He attempts to join the Hitler Youth in a camp run by Captain Clemsendorf, but suffers injuries in a grenade accident. When he he returns home, he finds that his Jewish girl Elsa hiding in his attic. There's Mother Rosie as part of the resistance. She attempts to teach Jojo the battle of joy and kindness. The devil in Jojo's soul is imaginary Hitler, represents the evils of Nazism. Rosie is caught and hanged in the middle of town. Jojo finds her body, but at this point, he's developed a crush on Elsa. The Allies come to liberty of town, but many of the young children take up arms against the invading fourth. Clemsendorf saves uh, Jojo's life by ripping his uniform off so the Allies don't kill him. Jojo contemplates plays keeping Elsa hostage but relents 30. close enough you were going fast on that one I was I was like oh this is too long <laughs> at one point I stopped to listen I was like oh, 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 oh. yeah slow down yeah, put, okay. put that on half speed so you can uh, so you can, you can yeah yeah. Um, yeah I started like a, a, the first two sentences first two lines I was like oh this is like manageable and it's like oh no I have to fucking fly uh, right and I didn't quite get it done but uh, you know what uh, Elsa was released who knows what happens to imaginary Hitler um so let's uh let's talk about our top three scenes of the movie uh derek your your honor here uh what's your number three scene yeah like i say in multiple episodes that this was tough i think there's a lot of really really good scenes here so i had to really pin it pinpoint it down to three it was tough but i think i went for the most impactful scenes for me and i think that number three goes to rosie's death um, mainly because of the shock value of it, because you don't really see, I didn't see it coming when I first watched it. Um, and it really is um, the point in the movie where things start to change for Jojo specifically, where, you know, he's a young boy, but it, he starts to learn about everything at this point. You know, he, I think this is the point where he's like, what, what am I doing? Am I, am I just a follower? Things like that, you know, and uh, it's just really striking. It, it, it's, you know, second time watching it, I notice how they, the, the camera shots like to like to look at Scarlett Johansson's shoes a lot, you know, and, th- and that's obviously foreshadowing her shoes, you know, when she's when she's hanged and stuff. Um, it's a very emotional scene. It's like, you know, I, I can't really I'm trying to put it into words of, of, of how it feels, but it, it's just devastating, especially when, you know, you know, all the things that. Rosie goes through and stuff and especially earlier scenes when she's like pretending to be the dad and stuff and all the, the, the struggles she's gone through on top of everything and then obviously trying to hide a Jewish girl into her, into her house and stuff very risque very very you know, I don't know she, risque, she pays for risky. it risky um, <laughs> it's very risque um, but it's uh, it's it just packs an emotional punch and it's it, it's hard to not put this in your top three so I had to sneak it in there yeah no I hear I want to give an honorable mention first and I had this on my list but it's not really much of a scene but the I think it's the opening credits when you hear the German version of I want to hold your hand yeah yeah <laughs> it's just like and Hitler's like a teen idol right like right. okay like this is the kind of movie we're we're dealing with right right, now. right right off the bat it kind of gives you like okay I know what this is gonna be <laughs> yeah. Um, but my number three scene is the scene in which um, Stephen Merchant and the Gestapo uh, investigate the house yep. and uh, Elsa scene. poses as the sister. And um, I think it's very like whenever the Gestapo show up in anything, it's like the, the sense of dread is just there clearly, yep. you know, especially when, you know, you have, a child who's incredibly vulnerable and you think like, Oh, he like innocently told his friend. Did the friend like turn him in? Did, you know, 
like what what happened here and right you have um you, you have uh Klinsendorf, uh Sam Rockwell's character kind of show up along with Alfie Allen who let's let's say it right now no gay L- lovers <laughs> yeah yeah um he's obviously like hiding things of his own so he kind of like i think he knows like from the he's sussed it out like i think even before this incident yep. so he sees the gestapo there because i think him hiding something and having such a high opinion of rosie that we'll we'll see you know we'll we'll, we'll talk about later i'm sure um has like i think he he gets there and he's like there to defend the to defend jojo and kind of be the father figure that yeah he lacks throughout the movie and yeah, right. um i i love like the he, they find the book um which is just like so ridiculous and like these these lies that um you know that elsa has has told jojo that he puts in the book and it's like they're so absurd and yeah, I mean it. It's unfortunately it does kind of, uh, I th- I think, foreshadow Rosie's death because it, that happened not too long after that, and it's right. like oh they're they're sniffing around this family for some reason. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I th- I think it's I think it's a great scene. Uh, so what's your number yeah. two? Uh, my number two is sort of a mix um, of JoJo reading the fake letters um, to Elsa and also. I love this scene where she explains what the Jews are like. Um, I noticed that the sound, um, the score, especially in this scene, was tremendous. And I noticed it was Michael Giacchino, who does um, a lot of great music for a lot yeah. of movies, including, including the movie Up. But I, I noticed the music in the background, and she was just kind of walking around the room and talking about, like, you know, all the different things the Jews can do. And it's very mystical and everything. And then JoJo's kind of in awe of everything and kind of dumb, too. <laughs> um, but it's it's rare for me to see two young actors connect like the way the two of them did in this movie um and the the, the you know just the chemistry they have so all and it, the, the the scenes with the letters especially they're so funny um and and i dare i use the word they're the cutest fucking thing in the world yeah um it's just uh great chemistry between the two of them and i, I really enjoy all the little scenes together in the room so i guess that's my number two yeah that little like schoolboy crush that uh yep you know, that, uh, that Jojo has on Elsa. And it's like, it just shows the, the absurdity of, you know, the, the, what these people believed or like what they allowed themselves to, to accept about, you know, Jewish people, like, right. They're just people. And like, you see this shit even t- today that it like, you know, not as like, and I'm, I'm sure there are people out there that believe Jewish people have fucking horns, but like, you'll get a lot of nonsensically racist beliefs. And this just highlights how ridiculous that they are. Right. And and they go out of their way in this movie to make sure that, you know, that Jojo like says it a couple of times where he's like, Oh, they don't seem too bad to me. And then later on, his friend Yorkie is like, yeah, I, I saw it you do as well. And they seem fine. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? So like they make a point of saying that just to make sure that you know that like it's ridiculous. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, in and of itself, I feel like you know Hitler is more fucking ridiculous than any Jewish person person I've ever met in my life, uh, right? You know, but yeah, especially in this where they're just like he's a fucking clown. Um, yeah. So my number two scene is the battle for the town, and it's so heartbreaking to see these like children, you know, these child soldiers not even realizing what they're fighting for. Not, they don't have, like, they can just lay down arms. They're 10, however old they are, you know? Right. Um, There's no need for this, especially when the war is already lost. Hitler is already dead at this point. Yep. You know, and you have, uh, you have uh, Klinsendorf. I'm going to absolutely butcher that name every time I say it, but uh, Klinsendorf is like in this ridiculous outfit. And he's like, well, I'm kind of dead anyway. Might as well go out in a fucking lark. And yep. <laughs> he's, 
Yeah. And, and everyone else is kind of like they're fighting for nothing. And I'm going to, I'm just going to sort of tie in the, the aftermath with, you know, where Klenzendorf saved Jojo and, uh, you know, rips the, the uniform off of him and calls him a Jew so he can go home. And I love their like little, their conversation. And Sam Rockwell's great in that scene where it's just sort of like, yeah, your mother, she was, she was a great lady. And, yeah. you know, it's a shame. Like, this is basically, it's like, oh, it's bullshit what happened to her. And like, he has, he's looking out. It, it kind of like brings his journey full circle because at the very beginning, he's just kind of, I can't believe I'm stuck with this kid. And at the end, he's the only one that's like looking out for these kids. Yep. Yep. Um, so what's your, uh, what's your number one scene? So that actually is my number one scene. That's specifically yeah. when, when Captain Klinsendorf saves Jojo. Um, I never thought in a million years I'd be sitting there like almost in tears over a Nazi being so sympathetic to somebody. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it, it's very, it, it, you know, it's just incredible. Like just the way they set that up and he you know, rips the jacket off. He spits at him, calls him a Jew just to save his life. And then you hit the gunshots a little, you know, a little while later. Um, it does actually, you know, remind me of a movie that you're not a big fan of, but it reminds you of, of It's a Wonderful Life in a way of like, you mean, no, you know, It's a Wonderful Life. I'm a big fan. I'm talking about it's uh, uh, Life is Beautiful. Love is be- yeah. Um, I always get those two mixed up, the titles. Yeah. Um, life is Beautiful in that sense of the father figure saves saves the son's life type thing. But um, yeah, Sam Rockwell's character really comes full circle here and he does such a great job. And it, it's it's weird because it goes from like, you know, the most emotional moment in the movie or one of them. And then right away after the gunshots, it's like, I think Yorkie comes and Trent Yorkie is just like making you laugh again. And you're like, yeah. man, this movie j- jumps back and forth so severely. It's just like, it's hard to do that in a movie like that, but it's just like, this scene got me, I think, you know, the most where it was just like, I can't believe I feel bad for this Nazi, but he really right. is looking out for Jojo. And, and we obviously love Jojo. So. Right. And I mean, I mean, like if you, if you look at, Klinsendorf and his his arc like it's I I think and this just goes to to show like the the depth that Sam Rockwell can bring to a character um uh, like you can kind of infer from you know his you know certainly with his relationship with with Alfie Allen's character but also at the beginning he's just kind of like all right, I'm done with this shit. Like, this is bullshit. Like I lost an eye for something I don't believe in. I just have to do it. Yeah. And like, I'm just caught up in this bullshit. And I'm sure there are a lot of people right now feeling, you know, living in situations where politically they can't um, speak up, you know, and this is where, um, you know, we're recording this the first of June, the first of, of pride month. And I think there are a lot of people out there that um, have to hide themselves. And that's, yep. that's a shame. But I think the, the sort of life that Sam Rockwell brings to this character is, um, you know, it, maybe he did really believe some of the stuff at the beginning, but he's just done. He's, yeah. and all he's doing is like trying to look out for, at, at the end of this, looking out for people that need to be looked out for. Right. And, uh, yeah, so uh, it's it's a great scene. Yep. So my number one scene is one that you've already mentioned is the scene where Jojo finds his mother's body. Um, just a a real gut punch, and you have Rosie, who's a character who just is the coolest, best person. Like I don't know how else to describe that character. Yep. Like her, her husband either like deserted or went to join the resistance and she's trying to do her little bit to make life better for the people around her, including her son. And she's just like, she's awesome. And what they kill her for, like handing out, you know, they don't, they don't know if she has a Jewish girl in her house. They just kill her for, like handing out like papers. Right. Not even handing them out, just leaving them on benches. Yep. And it's just, man, it's like, you see this, this boy just find 
his mother and you see it's not gratuitous you know your your head has to like you, your mind does have to fill in a lot of the gruesome details of what he's seeing but you just see those shoes like you mentioned and it's yeah. like oh you just know and he just like hugs his mother's legs the shoes there's kind of hanging there it's it's tough it's a, it's a it's a tough scene to to watch yeah but it's, it's and just the the way it's framed and shot just on on a technical level is just wonderful direction by uh by taika like it's it's yep. you know it's just you know it and you see like the way he directs those it's tough to you know as we've seen a few times it's tough to get great performances out of child actors yeah but this is a great performance Absolutely. by child actor yep um yep. agreed so what uh what do you have for your least favorite part of this movie Oh man, it's kind of tough because I didn't really have anything that I really dislike. Disliked. I guess the one thing that I was kind of confused on, but I think I kind of know the answer now. So there's maybe isn't least favorite, but so obviously his mother is viewed as a traitor and she's, and she's hanged for it. Um, and then I was wondering to myself, I was like, wait a minute, why wouldn't the Gestapo just come and grab Jojo and his sister now? Because they're related to their traitor mother. And then I'm like, wait a minute maybe Sam Rockwell's character was the influence enough to like make that not happen. Maybe. But it kind of was like almost felt like a plot hole to me of like, how come they just don't come back and scoop them up? But, um, well, we don't know that they know who she is necessarily. Like we, we there's, there's a lot of like, um, there's, a, there's a lot of like gray area of like, what if they just, caught her with the papers and just killed her immediately didn't know who they were maybe they did right. and that's why the gestapo went to the house i don't know um it's 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 tough to say what exactly is you know what what exactly happened you know right. it but it, it's also like this is the end of the war everyone's getting kind of sloppy on the nazi side yep you know it's it's I, I don't I don't know at, at this point like it's it's tough to get like a timeline as well of like when this is happening is it like a few days later that the town is is overrun is it like a week later that Hitler kills himself like is it you know months is it what's I don't know what's happening right. you know so it's it's it yeah it also just goes to show and maybe they're just you know what maybe she turned down an officer who tried to hit on her or something turned down a member of the Gestapo who tried to sleep with her and they just killed her for that who, right. who knows um, so my my least favorite thing I think you, you sort of did mention it I think there are some scenes where it's like there's there's a little bit too much whiplash and tone that didn't quite mm-hmm. stick like I, I feel like you know North death like maybe needed to breathe a little bit more you know, like they, it's like, yeah. okay, he's, it's like, you hear the shot and it's like, okay, we're right on to like the, you know, the heavy set kid with the, with the British accent. Oh yeah. Yorkie. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, that's a little whiplashy. And then it's like, we're dealing with very real, you know, emotions about his mother's death. And like, here's imaginary Hitler being a goof. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, all right, well, Separately, these things work, but do, do they do they blend together seamlessly? I I don't think they do it all the time. Not it doesn't fail every time, but it doesn't work every time either. Right. I mean, I, I know for me, like I I you know I'm I'm a pretty emotional person when it comes to like things, and, and especially in this movie, like I was tearing up big time when that scene happens with Sam Rockwell at the end, and then I'm like laughing twenty seconds later but I still have tears in my eyes and I'm like, what are they doing to me? Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah. So let's, uh, let's go to medals. Uh, who do you have for bronze? Oh man, this, this was fucking tough. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say number one, that I think I can't believe he's not part of the top three for me, but Sam Rockwell is incredible. Yeah. Um, it's, it's like another day in the office for him. But he didn't make my top three, and I'm almost kind of regretting it. But there's a lot of great performances here, and I, I definitely want to look towards new faces who I haven't seen before. 
Um, but my number three is a tie between Scarlett Johansson and uh, Tomesson McKenzie, yeah. who plays Elsa. Um, it was hard for me to juggle who's above who and who's the better of this. And they both do really great jobs. I, again, another another uh, day at the office for somebody like Scarlett Johansson, uh, who I feel like the last 10 things I've seen her in, she knocks out of the park. She's not just a pretty face. She's a great fucking actress. Um yeah. You know, and uh, and and to see you know, Mackenzie, uh, Tamisa Mackenzie, she she just has something about her that was just you wanted to watch her on screen. She, I, I hope yeah. to see her in so many things she, in the future. So she, Thomas Mackenzie, is I've seen her. This is the third movie I've seen her in, but it's the the earliest that's that's come out. So she's been in this. Um, she was in Last Night in Soho, yep. which is a very it's a it's it's an interesting. I don't I don't know if it's in this. It, I don't think it's a great movie, but there's it's so much fun. It's I I, I recommend you watch it. And then she okay. was in a kind of a smaller part in uh, the Power of the Dog, uh, which yep. came out last yep. year. It was uh, upset in the, the at the Oscars this year. Uh, and let me tell you something. Her accent gets more and more ridiculous every time that I hear it. Really? Yeah. She her like. I, I don't know if she's doing it on purpose or she just sounds like that, but man, that's a, that's a wild. And here I sit in Boston, you know, parking my car over here, but man, that's a, that's a, it's a, it's a hell of a voice, but she's, I think she's, she's a, she's super fun in, as an actress, you know, in this movie and everything that, I, that I've seen her in. Yep. Uh, but yeah, Thomas McKenzie, she's uh, definitely one to look out for in the future. Um, yeah, so my my bronze is Scarlett Johansson as well. And let me just give you the movies. Scarlett Johansson was in three movies in 2019. Do you know what the three movies are? What? This, Marriage Story, and Avengers Endgame. Jesus. Is this All the best knockouts? Is this the best year that we've seen from an actor that we've covered on the show? Honestly. I I mean, I <laughs> that's pretty good, man. Uh, I love I love all three of those things you just it, said. So. And she's great in all three in entirely different ways. Yeah. Yeah, she really is. And she she really digs down when she plays a role. Not for one second do you not believe her. Yeah. You know, she Scarlett is, Johansson yeah. is someone who I, I, I don't know how to say this delicately, but she's so beautiful that you're like, you forget that she's an incredible actress. Until you watch her and you're like, holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's the, what one hell of a year for her, man. She should have gotten an award for that year. Maybe she did. 20, uh, 2019 actress of the 20, year. Yeah, that's there are some critics groups that when they give out their end of the year awards, do like take into account like multiple movies. Like I know, yeah, uh, LAFCA, the uh, Los Angeles Film Critics Association, they'd be like, all right, so Scarlett Johansson wins for all three of those things. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, man, you just, you can't, that's, that's an undeniable year and it's a real shame that like movies kind of just stopped in 2020 for the most part right? and just right. kind of like arrested her momentum so much. Yep. Um, uh, but yeah, who's your, uh, who's your silver? My silver goes to Roman Griffin Davis who plays Jojo himself. Um, he's just really enjoyable to watch. Um, he just, he got the humor. I mean, this is what, this was his first film. Uh, you know, he got the humor. His timing was impeccable. Great chemistry with everybody who he was in scenes with. Um, when he smiles, you smile. When he's sad, you're sad. Or like you, you're upset. Um, he just did everything right in this movie. And you know, for a 10 year old, you know, he, he led this movie and he led it in the, in the perfect direction. Um, the perfect casting choice, I thought for this, um, another actor, I can't wait to see in more things as he gets older. Um, so yeah, he's, he's my silver. Yeah. I, I just looked him up as you, as you're talking there, he's only been in two movies, including this one. Right. So, you know, he's and the second one was directed by his mother. So he's got, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's definitely got a career ahead of him. If he can, if he can. Michael Caine, don't say anything about this don't, guy. Stay away. Roman Griffin. Stay Davis. away. 
We're going to see you. Michael, no. Michael, it's me, Al Pacino. Oh. Al's here. Let's go get some cocaine. (laughs) Feel the way. Thank thank you. Thank you for that, Al. Thank you. All right, Al. Thank you. Let me tell you something about Roman Griffin. All right. (laughs) Listen, Al. Listen, Al. You'll have your time. You've already had your time in the sun with us. Hoo-ah. And I'm sure you will in the future. Hoo-ah. We'll talk about you. We'll talk about you in July. Hoo-ah. All right. Um, so my silver goes to Sam Rockwell. And again, like you, you said it best, it's very difficult to sympathize with a Nazi. It is. Yeah. And uh, this, you know, he's he's so good at this that he kind of does um he, he gets that out of you man when he when he's yeah we talked about that scene where you know his death scene quite a bit and uh you know he's phenomenal we talked about the scene in the house that he's great but he's also very funny in this at, at the beginning where he's just like i'm just stuck with these kids because i have a fake eye and i'm sick of this bullshit let me yep. just remember this because there's a lot of absurdity in this movie, but you know, maybe I'll, you know, I'll, I'll save that to miscellaneous. I'll save that to miscellaneous. Okay. Um, all right. All right. Who's your, who's your gold? I mean, it's, it's gotta be obvious. It's going to Marlon Brando. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you just make a noise. All I have to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's so, uh, he's so happy that I mentioned his name. It's like he just ate it. He just ate a nice cheesecake. Oh, cheesecake. <laughs> Seriously, uh, Taika Waititi is um, just amazing. Like he, he directed it. He wrote the screenplay based on the book and he plays Adolf Hitler. <laughs> and uh, everything he does is just great. Like yeah, there are almost scenes where I'm like, I don't want him to be there, but then he just is hilarious. So I, I can't help but love him being like, you know, and, and Taika plays it so like, you know, like the scene where he's like, do you think these pants should be like this? And he makes them like clown pants. Yeah. Should they be bigger? Like he's aware, like Tyke is very aware that he's, he's making Adolf Hitler be an idiot. And that's the, the point. Right. And, but he just does it so well. And his humor carries the film a lot of the way. Um, you know, and then at the end, he makes that choice of like, Jojo's going to kick me out of the window. Like, you know, he, he, he makes all the right moves in this movie, you know. It's, it's not like you can watch this movie and say, hey, wait a minute. What about this scene? Are they anti-Semitic here? No, he doesn't. He's very clear in his message. Right. You know, he, he, he dots all of his I's. He crosses all of his T's and he knocks out of the park. Um, I, when this movie ended, I, the first thing I wanted to do was watch what, what we do in the shadows, which I did. Um, because I wanted to see him as a vampire. I, mean, right. I want to see this guy in everything. You know, he's the voice of Doug, or, or, or not Doug, I forget his name, but he's the voice in, in Ragnarok and the Marvel movies. He's so funny, and, and I don't know. He's he's my gold. Yeah, no, mine, mine as well. Um, yeah, pretty much what, what you said. You know, it's... This is kind of his... His kind of... Like, he makes this movie with the juice he gets... Out of the MCU, I feel like you know what what we do in the shadows is kind of like an underground hit comedy yep. that I, I think this is probably like the maybe the year the TV show came out or maybe the year after it was. Um, so like the the profile of that movie hadn't been quite raised yet, but it is just an incredible movie. And yep. you know he does Ragnarok, he comes and does this, and he's like, this is his Oscar nominee. So now he's like one of the canonically great filmmakers that we have. So yeah, and, and you know, Rick, I I'll, I'll be honest with you. Usually, when I see a movie that you've never seen, I'm terrified to find out what you feel about it. Yeah, because of course you're we're partners in the show, and it's like I hope you like what I like, but sometimes we disagree. So I was n- really nervous about this one. <laughs> yeah, I thought like you'd, you'd think it was kind of like meh, but I think so. It's it's a very good movie. I think that's, yeah. I think that's how I feel. I don't think it, it necessarily reaches other than like a few points. I think it's, it's not, it doesn't quite reach great for me. Okay. I'm, I'm happy. I saw it. I, I think it's, yeah. And we'll, we'll sort of talk about 
you know, when we get to the Oscars, where this ranks sort of best picture wise from what I've seen okay. right here. So, but we'll, it, I think that's pretty much where we'll, we'll, we'll get to, to more of that uh, later All right. on. And of course, when we do the, you know, our season finale coming up in a, in a couple of months here. Right. So let's go to recasting. So I only have, I have Rosie and I have Clemsendorf. I have those two. And I also have Adolf. Okay. I, 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 I didn't want to cast anyone's Hitler, to be honest with you. I wouldn't do that anyway. So what I did is I actually did the gender swap because this is so recent that if like I was just casting the movie, I'd just be like, oh, it's just the people that right. same people will be bad. like, who, not going to improve on it to me. But who do you who do you have for Hitler? Who's your Hitler? So when you when you're doing something like this, you have to find somebody who you know would be like in real life, be like not even controversial. They would just be like, are you kidding me? Like this is what I do. You know, so, so let's let me stop you there. Robin Williams would have been perfect for this if he was alive, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, he would. This would have been. Yeah. Now I'm sad to think about how yeah. he. This would this would like make his career valid again. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he would. It would be so good. It would be so over the top. It would be like his performance in like the Birdcage or like Death of Smoochie. Like Robin Williams does it again. He just takes yeah. over the movie. Yeah. But I that's my Hitler pick. The Ghost of Robin Williams. Ghost of Robin Williams. I went with Bill Hader. Yeah, because I feel like he's just that guy who can do so many things, and he could easily play Hitler. He could do the accent easily. We've seen him do a zillion accents. Yeah, um, and he would make it just as funny as Taika would. And I think like he's like the only replacement I could think of who's still alive right now. So, Bill Hader's name might come up in our recording later on in our recording session. Okay. Yeah. Um. So, who do you have for you want to go Rosie or another cleansing door? Uh, we'll do Rosie. Okay, who do you have for Rosie? Uh, Gia thought she was a little too young, but I think she's one of the best actresses on the planet right now. And I think it works. I don't care. I, I think that, yeah, maybe she's a little young, but I think that it sh- she'd, she'd be fine. So That's I think, Florence I, Pugh. Florence Pugh, yeah, I think that actually works because it, it, it would almost play into her being young would almost play into like she's a single mother. Right, right. That's what I was thinking. You know, and it's interesting that you, you know, Florence Pugh plays Black Widow's little sister and uh, so that's it's appropriate that you choose that um exactly so again i gender swapped this and i wanted to just like find the most likable person that i could that would just be the worst thing of all time if he was hanged in town square uh Mm -hmm. and that's paul rudd oh man ow yeah it's not even real and it hurts yeah (laughs) I don't. I don't <laughs> want to see anything bad happen to him. He'd be no. like the coolest single dad, you know, <laughs> as, you know, as he is in, in Ant Man. Like, imagine that same dynamic that he has, yeah, you know, with his daughter in Ant Man. Right, right, right. Exactly. You know, so we know he can do that. Paul so, must be protected. Yep. So, who do you have for uh, Clinton This was tough. <laughs> yeah, it's got to be somebody who's slimy, and at the end, you're like, you know what? You know, not that not that Sam Rockwell's character is slimy per se, yeah. but he's a Nazi. I mean, come on. But I went with uh, Walter Goggins. Walter Goggins, yeah. Uh, just because he just he's just kind of like he's he can play that despicable character, and like he's so southern. But I'd love to ma- see him as a Nazi and see how he does. And then at the end, he just has like a real heart to heart moment. And he he's is, like, you know what I mean? You can I, tell, I like, even though he does generally play scumbags, a lot of times you can see the heart beneath the performance. I love. I mean, yeah, yeah. If you know Goggins, you love Goggins. Yeah, and just the way he delivers lines, I think he'd do a really serviceable job here. And yeah, you know, just thinking of him in the eight, hateful eight, and yeah. <laughs> just the way he just, just the way he says certain things, like you know, he's like, "Oh no, 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 no!" I thought we were talking politics. Yeah, like he's just the perfect kind of guy for this he, role. So he has a role in Sons of Anarchy where he plays, I he's believe, the characters. Right? Yeah, he's a, he's a trans. He's playing a trans woman. Yep, yep, and it's like incredible he's so good in that role i've uh, never seen sons of anarchy i saw the first season but very uneven over... the first season if you, the first season is like maybe the second season is like on the same level or a little bit better but then it just completely falls off um well it, I, I i was over somebody's house once and i remember the tv was on and i remember seeing walter goggins as that character and i'm going wait what the hell's happening in the yeah, show yeah <laughs> <laughs> what has happened to this motorcycle club uh, right. yeah so my uh, female Klinsendorf is Charlize Theron. 
All right. Um, I like it. Yeah. I think she's, I mean, she looks like the fucking Nazi ideal woman, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, blonde hair, tall. Um, but she's, you know, she, she's another one who's like so gorgeous that you're like, Oh wait, she's a great actress as well. <laughs> we, we forget this. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Um, so I, I think she, I think she did a great job. And I think, um, I can see her kind of becoming the protective like mama bear type, you know, once, yeah. uh, once yeah. Paul Rudd is hanged. Yeah. Uh, all right. So uh, do you have anything for miscellaneous? Uh, just a couple of things that I just kind of noted. I mean, there was a lot of interesting facts um, in things in the, in the trivia, but um, you know, just the one thing we've kind of already talked about and that's that, uh, that little, sl- that small little scene where you're like Klenzendorf and Finkel are gay. Yeah. Um, it just, it's just funny that Taika threw that in there. Or maybe that was in the book. Um, but it's just kind of a funny little moment of like, oh, wait a minute. But like, who cares, right? It's like, do they need to put that in there? So here's, yeah. I mean, I think it's, I think it's very, it, it adds depth to Clemson Orb's a character. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm glad it was there. Because otherwise, you know, Alfie Allen, like, does he even have, like, a line in this movie? Or does he like, put, like, a couple of words? Yeah, you know? just a couple of words, yeah. Yeah, like, I think it gives, you know, gives a backstory to those characters that, you know, I think, I think definitely makes the movie a little bit, a little bit richer. Um, so I've got, I've got two. Um, number, the thing I stopped myself earlier, the thing that's, like, so absurd and, like, never really followed up on is what's up with the clones? Yeah, that was really odd. <laughs> is it maybe that's in the book? Is what I don't know. But like right, the fact that they're just like, oh yeah, here's these clones, and it's like never mentioned again. The and only I, thing I could think of was that like I know Hitler was weird. Yeah, and, like he's crazy about the Aryan race. Maybe they were like working on cloning like perfect children who are blonde, blue eyed. You know what I mean? Maybe, but it's just, it's just a bizarre throwaway. And it's like, why is this right. in this movie if nothing comes from it? Um, right. And of course, Nazi kill of the week. Yeah, I'm waiting for it. It's gotta be, gotta be Hitler, right? It's gotta be Hitler. Yeah. Gotta be imaginary. We, 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 no, I it's, mean, it's a, well, I mean, there's two, I mean, there's, there's, there's two Hitler there's deaths. There's actually two Hitler deaths in this yep. movie. Yeah. Yep. You one talk Tarantino here. I think yeah, no, we've we've talked <laughs> about this, I I believe, in uh uh in Inglorious Bastards. Anytime Hitler is killed in a movie, that's the Nazi kill of the week. Always, yep. always love to see a dead Hitler. Yep. I only wish it was more violent. <laughs> I mean he plummets to his fucking death, so he does. I only wish we saw it. I wish we saw his bones break. Oh yeah. Let's go to the Oscars this year. So this does get a Best Picture nominee, uh, nomination, I should say. Um, So Best Picture this year is won by Parasite, which I have the Blu-ray and I've just not gotten around to watching it yet, believe it or not. Uh, But I have seen most of these movies, I feel like. So other nominees are, of course, Jojo Rabbit, uh, Ford versus Ferrari, The Irishman, Joker, Little Women, Marriage Story, 1917, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Wow. Yeah. Great year. year. Great year. Um, So to me, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is is the winner. Really? Yeah, I think that is... Definitely a controversial thing to say, but okay. So, I mean, granted, I've not seen Parasite. Um, Of these movies, I've seen Jojo Rabbit, The Irishman... Joker, Little Women, Marriage Story. Um, of of those, at once upon a time, to me, once upon a time in Hollywood is a movie that I saw, and I was like, "That's a very good movie." And just the more time I got away from it, I was like, "Oh my god, this is a masterpiece." Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, I would say, again, I like most of these movies. I think. You know, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is is my my winner. Um, probably followed by The Irishman. Then, 
I think like Jojo Rabbit, Little Women, and Marriage Story are all kind of right on the same level for me. Okay. And then Joker is just like, here's a problem with Joker. Joker's very unfortunate because it came out in the same year as a Scorsese movie. And it's right. so blatantly... And it is a Scorsese movie. Yeah, and it's basically, it's Todd Phillips being like, what if I made a Scorsese movie? Right. And then I mean, Scorsese is like, here's the Irishman. <laughs> Fuck you. Yeah, the jo- Joker is the king of comedy, like easily. It's like the same fucking It's, it's the king of comedy along with Taxi Drivers. Like they had a baby and put fucking clown makeup on it. Right. You know, and, the, um, and that think, baby I read think a for comic me, book. Yeah, I haven't seen 1917 or Parasite, but ultimately for me, I think Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and The Irishman are these big, epic, epic movies that yeah. I think I think weren't their best, personally, in my opinion. Um, I've got I Once Upon like a Time movies. in Hollywood right now as my number three Tarantino movie. Okay. Um, it's just, it's definitely not my number one. And I think that for me, Jojo Rabbit was like a movie where it just caught me off guard. And the other movies delivered what they said they were going to deliver. Mm-hmm. Jojo Rabbit was just, what the fuck is this? <laughs> so I think that's why it's kind of the wild card for me as like probably my favorite of the year, but yeah. that's kind of my reasoning for it. So, yeah, I mean, I can, but I I'm can not see, gonna I get, sit here. I'm not, I'm, yeah. yeah, I'm not gonna sit here and say, oh, Jojo Rabbit should have won. I mean, whatever. There's a lot of fucking good movies yeah. here. It's a great, it's a great year for film. Um, Best director is won by Bong Joon Ho for Parasite. Scorsese is nominated for The Irishman. Todd Phillips is nominated for Joker. Sam Mendes for 1917, and Tarantino for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Uh, oh. Todd Phillips. See, listen. Almost any other year where there wasn't a fucking Scorsese crime epic on there, I'd be like, okay, we can listen to to, to Todd Phillips, case with Todd Phillips. But the fact that the master comes and just like shuts him down, it's like, oh, that's what you're trying to do? Get out of here? I feel like you can't be nominated for, for director. I, I, I'm 100% comfortable with, with Taika being nominated here over Todd right. Phillips. But if you're, I mean, listen, I know Joe, and I like Joker. I think it's a good movie, but it's just like, Again, Scorsese comes and just squashes him to me. Yeah, I, I'm, I, I think that, um, I don't know. I think Taika Waititi needs to be in there personally as an um. I, I think that yeah. uh, he does a lot and he's juggling a pretty heavy duty you know, subject and he, I think he knocks out of the park and that's just my opinion, but we don't have to put him in there. No, I think, I think he's in over Todd Phillips. Okay, cool. I think I'd, I'd, I'd put him in there. Um. Best actor, I mean, Roman Griffin Davis. He's good, but uh, I don't. I don't. Uh, it's it's t- this is this is this is a good year. There's a lot of great actors in here. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily put them in. Uh, best actress. Who would we consider best actress in this movie? Would it be Scarlett Johansson? Would it be Thomas and McKenzie? I think Thomas and McKenzie because she's in it longer. You know? Okay. Um, well, you know what? It can't be Scarlett Johansson because Scarlett Johansson is already nominated for supporting actress. Um, but yeah, best actress. So it's won by Renelle Zellweger for uh, as Judy Garland in Judy, uh, Cynthia Erivo as Harriet Tubman in Harriet. Now. You would think that would be a standard Harriet, just a quick uh, Harriet uh, aside. You would think that uh, that would be a pretty straightforward uh, a, a straightforward uh, historical movie. But it's not. It's... Uh, Yeah, it's it's yeah. What I mean that movie, not a great movie, but but a good performance. Um, Scarlett Johansson for Marriage Story is nominated. Uh, mm-hmm. Saoirse Ronan, Little Woman, and Charlize Theron for Bombshell. Um, yeah, all good performances here. I haven't seen Bombshell, um, so. I, I can't speak to that one, but I think I think all the other four are probably uh, probably over 
over Thomas McKenzie here, although she was very good in the movie. Yeah, yeah. She 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 has a promising career, you know. Yeah. Um supporting actor. Um I'm thinking I mean it's tough because Taika and Sam Rockwell. I think I think Rockwell in this for for me. So let's let's go over the nominees here. So it's won by Brad Pitt for uh Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Uh, Tom Hanks is nominated for A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood as playing Mr. Rogers. Anthony Hopkins in The Two Popes, which is a movie that is that asks, what if there were two popes? Um, and then the other two nominees are uh, Joe Pesci in The Irishman and me, Al Pacino in The Irishman. Thank you, Al. Thanks, thanks for that. Al, you know, too many, too, too, too many words, Al. Okay, so you know my rule. I don't love it when there's two actors nominated from the same movie. Okay. So <laughs> if we're going to make the case for someone in this movie to come into this category, I, I can't. I can't. I can't do this. I can't do this right you, now. You listen, we're gonna have the conversation. We're gonna play. We're gonna play out the string. We're not, we're not having the conversation. I'm not dumping Pesci or Pacino. If you had to, and you have to. Uh, well, then I'm gonna dump Pacino just based on the fact that I haven't seen Joe Pesci in a movie in 20 fucking years. <laughs> For okay, I think Pesci, would, Pesci. Pesci was the best in that movie, hands down. You think so? He played a mob boss better than anyone's ever played a mob boss before, besides, of course, Marlon. He, the ending when he's a really, really old man, man, his acting is phenomenal there. Pacino's great. I mean, come on, give me a break. He's great. See, but I, I think, I think we keep Pacino in this one. I, I think. Well, I'm on the Pesci card, so I, I guess we're at a crossroads where where we don't add a supporting actor. Okay, I guess, I guess so. I guess so. Sorry. I'm going to rewatch, I'm Sorry, gonna rewatch The Irishman. Sam, you're the man. Come on. You know it. You, you know it. We just needed that. We needed that Sam Rockwell dance in there. That would have put him over the top. Uh, yeah, maybe. Uh, so, Best Supporting Actress. Uh, Scarlett Johansson is nominated for this movie. Uh, it is won by Laura Dern for Marriage Story. Uh, other nominees are Kathy Bates and Richard Jewell, Scarlett, Johan- uh, Scarlett Johansson, of course, and Jojo Rabbit, Florence Pugh and Little Women, and Margot Robbie and Bombshell. So here's so this is an interesting category uh, because Laura Dern's performance is not super flashy. But when you talk about a a performance that supports the two leads, it's quite excellent, and she's she's always good. Yeah, um, I mean she she she's good. She's good. She, this this is she's very good in it, and I, I it does buck the trend of like a lot of times the Oscars don't give out an Oscar for best acting; they give out for most acting, and you know, see best actress winner Renee Zellweger is Judy Garland for that. Yep. Um, Florence Pugh's very good in Little Women. Scarlet's very good in this. I'm okay with any of those three winning. Uh, really. Yeah. I, just because I haven't seen all of them, I guess that I haven't okay. seen Little Women, so it's Let's come back to it. All right. So um, as far as this movie, it does win best adapted screenplay over the Irishman and over little women. I don't think so. All right. So that's, uh, that's it for the Oscars. So what are you eating with this movie, Derek? Wiener schnitzel. Wiener schnitzel, German food. Yeah, of course. Because there, there, there is a there are there are moments in this movie where like JoJo or they're just showing some of the townspeople just kind of doing their thing, and you could just tell that like they don't give a fuck who's in office. Yeah, 
like the Nazi flag means nothing to them. Like what? They're just trying to live their lives. And, you know, if they speak up, they're dead. Yeah. So what can they do? But just put their heads down. And it kind of like made me, you know, and, and, you know, German people, you know, they've gone through a lot of shit too, where they're like, just because I'm German doesn't mean I'm a Nazi. You know, they, they, they're always, as soon as a German comes up, a lot of people's minds go to that. Oh, Nazi, you know, and that's not really a fair thing. And um, so, you know, I think Fiener schnitzel, German food, got some German it, food in there. It reminds me of the scene in the movie Swing Kids. When uh, I love that movie. Robert Sean Leonard, I think uh, his character in there is like, uh, French wine. Where's the German fare? <laughs> 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 and he's just like berate, okay, like I, he's sarcastically berating this guy for not having German food. And you're like, you know yeah, what? I gotta, right. I gotta, I gotta revisit that movie again. I remember seeing it way back in the day. Yeah, um, probably in school. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. That's another one that we it was watched in in school. Um, so now we come to the most important part of the show, and that is when Derek tells us why this movie, Jojo Rabbit, is the greatest movie of all time. Derek, are you ready? Yes. Three, two, one, go. Jojo Rabbit, Taika Waititi, 2019. This movie caught me off guard. I think the perfect blend of comedy, sadness, and horror um, done right. I mean, we talked about it, that that some scenes kind of go too fast into another with that switch but I, I i do think ultimately it does a good job with that the soundtrack is excellent every song they use is perfect the acting here is almost flawless i don't see any cracks in the acting um that is okay i feel like your 30 seconds is a lot faster than mine i just talk faster that's probably I, get, I get a well here's the thing because i write out what i'm gonna say oh that's true i, I wing it that's and, yeah mind. so you're just like searching for it so it seems longer yeah, yeah, I do search for words. Yeah. Words are tough. All right, so that was our episode on Jojo Rabbit. We hope you enjoyed that one. Um, I want to let you know what we have coming up here. And next week, and we're continuing with our second Rex pick of the month, and that is Little Miss Sunshine. Mm-hmm. Yes. So that's going to be a great one here. Uh, followed by, we're going to have uh, Rick's pick. First Rick's pick, Dune. The most, the newest movie we've done, I think, in the, in the entire history of the show. Uh, we're going to do Dune. And we're going to have uh, Joe Boynton back for that. One of our favorite guests who's been on all of yep. our Lord of the Rings episodes. So that's going to be real fun. And the yep. second Rick's pick is going to be continuation of action in the desert. A little theme there. Mad Max Fury Road. Oh boy. That's going to be a fun one to talk about. A lot of meat on the bone for that one. Uh, And then we're going to cap off the month with one I think that we both love, one that uh, we grew up with. And uh, we're going to have Derek's cousin Mark on the show. Uh, Mark Baldacino coming in. Mark Baldacino is coming in. And we're going to talk, we're talking another Italian coming in. Talking Rocky, the Italian stallion himself. Yep, and he will. Uh, he has a podcast as well uh, about New Balance. So I and I actually help him with that podcast, edit it, and everything. So we can uh, plug that away for him as well. All right, excellent. We'll definitely do that. Um, so yeah, huge month of June coming up, and then uh, July. Uh, July is looking pretty wacky, uh, to be honest. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, July's looking a little crazy, but uh, can't wait uh, for that. So, uh, I just totally lost my train of thought. So, uh, yeah, can't wait to, to to have you join us for those episodes. Uh, Derek, uh, do you have do you have anything coming up in the greatest album of all time podcast? Uh, yeah, so I had mentioned before we were doing songs in the key of life. It's a very it's a Stevie Wonder album. It's- a very long album that I'm very familiar with and Gia really isn't. So it's taken her a lot longer to kind of like get on the, the, the path with that. So we decided to just put that one on the side for now until we can get that one done. And we are going to be recording uh, Led Zeppelin four in a few days to kind of get back on track a little bit because uh, we figure it's a little bit shorter, eight song album. It's definitely a little bit more digestible. So um, we're going to do that one. And then probably we're talking about doing animals by Pink Floyd as well. Um, 
So we'll see how that happens. So, but, and then uh, also just to, to correct one thing earlier that Rick had said, uh, we can't really go back and we record it at this point, but the last movie we did was actually not a Star Wars movie. We did the Dark Knight last. Did we? We did. I'm, we're, all right. Our, our <laughs> just, recording just wanted to correct it before, yep, before we, we finish. Yeah, yeah. So we did the Dark Knight. Thanks for calling me out, Derek. God damn it. Hey, I just want to make sure we, we, we got it out, you know, because people will be like, wow, they fucked up. No, we didn't. We, we fixed it. Right. I'm just going to say we did Empire Strikes Back every week now. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks so much for, for listening here. Join us next week. I have been your co-host, uh, Rick Rabbit. <laughs> uh, and I guess... Oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm going to start Jojo Rickbit. Rickbit? Yep. All right. You know what? Fuck this shit. I'm, <laughs> I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm just wreck. <laughs> Keep watching, everyone.